0: for Scott based on his presentation, you are welcome
1: to go to the
0: mic, share your name and your mm. question in a concise and timely fashion.
2: <laughs>
0: Hello. Hi, Scott. I'm Beth from the I've heard Scott many times during the course of the Student Speaker Challenge.
3: Bless your heart.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Scott, for coming and doing this presentation. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to ask you hard questions. <laughs> okay, Scott, <clears throat> you say see a need, feel a need, and you seem to be using that as um, an idea, um, as justification for your inherent values of humans and that uh, which we should be acting in the, um, to support others by C&E But, um, my first question is that it seems to me C&E can be a very pragmatic way of looking at society, and that that can be one way that the nemesis of, nemesis of your talk, the corporations, can be used <laughs> using C&E to, um, to make money off people's, um, Poverty and needs. Okay, so that's my first question. Um, the other thing is when you talked about <clears throat> the two main um, the two two main political groups in the U.S. the conservatives and Democrats, which in Canada would be the small L Liberals mm-hmm. and the small C Conservatives. <clears throat> you talked about, <clears throat> pardon me, the difference between Government and big government. Mm. But I would um, like to suggest mm-hmm. that the small c conservatives represent the institutional value, or in other words, reducing people to how they can be of service to me, mm. and that the small l liberals in society tend, <clears throat> me, tend to be inherent values. In other words, they would be the Democrats and the NDP and maybe to some extent the larger Liberals, where we see the inherent value in others. So with that in mind, then I think um, your premise that society should just push back when things are going wrong, push back on corporations, (coughs) push back on others and make laws. as a society when we have groups in power that already represent the two uh, points of your argument institutional values or the inherent values, and then we end up with laws making a corporation into a
1: person. You're going to have to help me remember that in pieces as we go along. Okay? Now, see any eat, Okay. <laughs> and, and the question was how, what would, how do we address the idea that corporations could use that? Yes.
0: You, you mentioned that as, a, as being part of the inherent values the C and E whereas I'm saying it can be seen
1: just the opposite. It can. And there is no phrase they can only be interpreted one way. Um, you can just throw the whole C&E thing, fill thing away if, if it ceases to be useful. And that's the thing. Phrases, ideas, ideals are useful where they are useful. And they, and I, that's broad, but I will explain. See, see, the thing is, let's say that a company uh, picked that up as some sort of mantra and used it to individualistic and and selfish or greedy ends. Then all that means is that they've taken a phrase and that they and, and that they've done that with it. I I think I'm understanding. Maybe I'm not, but. It does not matter what little mantra you would throw out there. The idea that a company or a person—because it's not limited to companies—I didn't mean to make companies out to be a nemesis, but I did mean in that in to convey that in every level of of, of our corporate identity, whether that be you know business corporate or corporate just in the group non-individual sense, as a government, and in every level of our identity. There is a way to mistreat, and there is a way to do right by people, and not mistreat. And you will have to pick, in each case, words that could articulate that, and there is no set of words that can't be abused, there is no mantra that can't be twisted. The reality is that there are people who are in positions of business who will use whatever means that they are given to do things to um, society, societally destruct events. Yes.
0: My second question really dealt with um, how can society push back when we have politicians in power who believe that institutional
1: values are greater than inherent values? Mm. The idea, admittedly, the way that I spoke, it speaks, of, it speaks of a situation in which people try and things get done. And I think it is very important to hold on to that idea that, that human endeavor who does not become some figment of the imagination against a government or a company or any force. But it is the reality that for every idealistic and good thing that we might dream of, there will be people in positions of authority and in positions of political power, economic position, that simply by their position, if they disagree, it can make things hard to change. I, I do not claim that there is one single thing or that I have one absolute answer to the idea of what would, what would make just a, a corrupt government or a corrupt pocket of government suddenly give way to good and to benevolent intention. Or, or a company that has a lot of political power or lobbying power could simply be silenced for the voice of a smaller, more concerned people. The only way that I know how to push back is, is for people to do whatever they can to do it. Um, and when we were at the student speaker challenge, I suggested that I think investigative important, reporting is important to the role uh, of, of influencing negative forces in power. Uh, I, I talked about how, I, I actually I don't know if I said it to the group, someone came up to me afterwards and I informed them that I have a friend who I went to university with in Tennessee who right now um, has the job of working for a senator. And prior to that, she was proofreading legislation for the Supreme Court. She has a foothold in the US government. And with that come a number of opportunities to influence, small opportunities at first, I'm sure, but influence for good. Where bad things exist, the only thing that is going to replace them is the eventual the eventual rise of something good. And there it's not just going to go away, it's not just something that you can push away with a single political maneuver. You just have to be good and spread that. Next question. <clears throat> yes, ma'am.
4: Uh, You've got good content and you're a great orator, so I can see why sure. you won want, you want
1: the contest. Very kind. I want second
4: place. <laughs> oh, second. Not first. Let's not have
1: a misrepresentation
4: here. Uh, I'd like to change the focus a little bit, but Terry Shellington, um, I'd like to take advantage of the fact that your heritage is American. Would you care to reflect on the values that we see in Donald Trump? <laughs> Uh, the, 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 oh, yeah. I, I see him appealing to the worst in Americans rather than the best, and I'm curious how you would.
1: You and Facebook. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sure glad the TV camera is gone, because now I can. And the bat signal is not shining on my face, because now I'm a little less scared. Um, but well, many of, of you screen. probably have running recording devices, don't you? Okay. Well, that's on record. Hello, people listening. that I thought I could get away from, but actually haven't. All right. Um, I personally am not inclined to vote for Mr. Trump. Because... Because... It is my impersonation and and, you know, it could be argued that this is a valid strategy and it could be argued that it is not. But it is my impression that his strategy is one of shock value. Uh, That does not mean that I think that he makes everything up or that I believe him to have no firm convictions of his own or that I believe him to, you know, be uh, incapable uh, of of things politically but I myself and am, am inclined towards personalities and strategies of communication that that invoke a sense of knowledge and calm uh, and that invoke a sense of of agreement and understanding. And it has been my impression on the few occasions, really, I think that should I eventually get back to the states, I think that the real thing to do in being politically informed is just going to be to go to the speeches of different candidates. Because all I hear mostly is, um, you know, pieces on the media and Facebook and is fair on Facebook, let's be honest. But, to me, Mr. Trump lacks a certain decorum <laughs> with which I would associate the leadership of the United States of America.
4: Could I just interrupt? I don't think you're answering my question. Oh, okay. I was asking about the values that that you see represented in Donald. Values.
1: I apologize. I did misunderstand the question. The money, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what all his values are. Um, I know that he cares deeply about American security, um, but I also know that. In his presentations, his values often um, have—I won't say racism to them, but I would Mm -hmm. say—but I would say that they are. From time to time, they seem too ethnographically motivated. You know, the the idea that um we we shouldn't let any uh, any Syrian refugees into the country I believe was one of his stances. I'm sorry Mr. Trump if I'm misquoting but I don't really think you'll hear this um, the idea that we shouldn't let any Syrian refugees in because of the, because of supposed association of any one of them with terrorism goes deeply against my value that no one person can can logically and authentically be treated well according to a statistic. Statistics are things that exist on paper and in math classes, and they represent very, very large numbers, and when you're interacting with an actual person, there is no measure of guarantee. As to how much a person will align with or not align with a statistic. There will be inevitably people who will go into Germany, who will go into anywhere, who will come into Canada, who will move in next door in Lethbridge, who would come to the States. Not everybody that leaves a country is going to have good intents to do in their destination. You know why? Because they're human. And not all humans have good intents. But there will be people who need homes. There will be people who are trying to escape violence. And I'm trying really hard not to use buzzwords. But the reality is that things can get dangerous in the Middle East. I've only been as far in as Israel, and I remember, you know, it was a couple excavations ago when, you know, their rockets were, were landing in and around our kibbutz. Now, mind you, only a few of them, the Iron Dome has a nine out of 10 success rates. So only a few of them hit the ground, but I mean, Middle East is a dangerous place to be, and I was just there in Israel, where it's pretty safe for Americans to go. The idea that someone would want to leave Syria and come to the States is not a thing that should be outright rejected because of some statistical fear of terrorism. So... Other values. I'm trying to think what other values he might have. He might have expressed. And it's hard to just think of a political candidate. Is that good? All right. Thank you. Yes, sir.
0: Just before we get started, um, mind that we only have half an hour for questions. So oh, if we can hope. keep our so questions, well, maybe some of our answers a little bit more brief. That would be appreciated. I broke
2: it. I'm sorry. Yes. My name is Van Christou. Um, thank you, Scott, for surprising me, and perhaps others here, with a a talk about ethics and and value systems uh, by an archeologist. That really did surprise me. Um, But, uh, so my question really comes down to a matter of of value systems. Um, I think it's agreed by everybody that I know, and in this room certainly, that the distribution of wealth in this world has gone the wrong way to far too few people and too many without. Um, in our North American society, we become real, real, uh, real plutocracy. We believe in wealth. We worship money. Um, do you not think that uh, it's, it goes beyond the thing of just good and bad? Uh, uh, is it not possible? for this worship of money to skew our, our thinking excessively towards war and things that are not good for people at
1: all. I would hardly put that beyond the category of good and bad. Uh, money, um, money can be a dangerous thing. And yes, it absolutely can. Uh, there, there's no just laying out, you know, money causes war or something like that. The, the correlation is always more complex than that, but yes, money just in and of itself in grand possession and amount will, will oftentimes come with the desire to have more at the expense of other people having more. The idea that that could be spread to a, to a political moment where one country might feel it needs more of another, I mean, you could you could say that, but yes, the desire the possession of more often begets the desire to have more. I have a professor back in Tennessee, who grew up in poverty and ended up uh, he's so brilliant he ended up the ceo of a multi-million dollar mining corporation coal mining corporation he once told me scott it's not noble to be poor it doesn't feel noble to be hungry but The best of life is not is also not in the possession of wealth. I found that to be exceptionally fair. Does that answer your question? Partially. Partially. Seem to be hitting field balls here.
4: (laughs) Yes. My turn. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Lance Chung and uh, I have uh, actually uh, observation, probably starting one with Umbrella, Okay. for your reference, if okay. you have a comment, they will be welcomed. Uh, number one, this starting talk, I think your talk, which is really wonderful, very inspiring, yeah. thank you mm-hmm. Scott, is mainly about ethics, but ethics is about justice,
1: mm. is that true? I would say that justice is a is a component of an ethical system. Yes.
4: But that's where we started from. The goal is justice. Otherwise ethics has no value to it, mm-hmm. right? There's no reason to it. So the world justice seems to me, if you look into it, different culture, different individual will have different explanation or oh, interpretation mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word just itself is to me keeping balance. Making certain components of a system working in harmony.
1: I think that's fair.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, you want a society work in a harmonious way. But in reality, somehow our civilizations, from the past several centuries, considering justice, assuming is confrontation, is revenge, is mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. right? Indeed. Indeed. Punishment, You said. With that kind of. Distortion of the original definition of it. We come up with a culture, and also the civilization based on it, is expansion, right? Conquer, based on this kind of colonial kind of mentality. Either from the commerce level, political level, military level, you have to expand. To satisfy your base, supporting base, but now we're reaching an end at multiple fronts. We're reaching the end of the globe. There's no room to expand anymore. That's why we're all... Your upset. question, please. It's a comment. It's oh not a God. question. Observation, right? <laughs> okay. So we have no room to explore, but to explore anymore, expand, unless go to Mars. That is why we're having all the issues, all of the such happening in 21st century. So that's my observation. So with that, maybe it's time instead of considering how to balance the justice is more confrontation, the righteous against the bad, maybe it's time for call for the original understanding of justice, which is keep people in harmony, how we gonna understand each other, work together consider if you have a global village truly it's one single organism and uh, it's not a question no it's a question so you have a brain which is the control mechanism for an individual i,
0: I am going right? to cut you off unfortunately this is a really excellent stream of thought but we are very limited on time um, so we will move on to our next question.
4: I'm sorry. Do you think this is uh, something you'd like to comment on?
1: I think that the sense of equality, regardless of the term you put it in, will always be bound to the sense of justice. And you can make that into into a phrase, and you can make that into into a situation. But really, I think those sentiments, um, while they could use refreshing in any one person's mind, are already present in many minds as yes. well.
4: The so way we summarize it, instead of competition, question. balance, right, is harmony, for understanding, education, Somebody we know else. the real issue, Not right? right uh, instead of another party, another policy from government government. You. you have too many middlemen already. We don't need more middlemen to complicate the system. Turn
1: off the microphone. Thank you.
4: Okay. Hi. I'm going to actually have a question. My name is Peter Beal. And your talk was basically about the common good. Mm. And when we talk about, as an individual, giving, uh, then what? how do you feel about uh, the concept of the corporation? Like in the, in the TPP now, what, what you have is uh, corporations being able to sue governments. So we, as a democracy, elect people. They form governments. They make laws. And then corporations that don't like them can challenge those laws in courts. Mm-hmm. So really the thing is how you know, how can we enforce corporations to build towards the common good when even our governments can no longer enforce the rule over
1: corporations? Well, I, I think it will be encouraging to imagine that governments are not I, I think we would do ourselves a disservice to put corporations in the category of some I don't know. And you didn't say this, but this is what triggered in my mind of some coming superpower that none of us can hope to stand up against and that will eventually just take over the government and that kind of thing. Um, but you can't just stop a, a company from doing bad things. Um, if there, if we feel the need to repeal that situation, right? Like, if we wanted to alter it so that companies couldn't have that kind of thing, then that might be a solution. But ultimately, um, where there is power to be had, and where there are people who, in those positions, who desire power. Um, there is no one thing that can be done just to remove them from the situation to prevent their action, right? Because it's still people in the, in that machine, is it not? It's still people who are in positions of of, of political um, efficacy that are that are having that effect that you're concerned about. Would that be fair? And so again, it's going to come down to us taking opportunities to speak out against that as we have opportunity. It's gonna come down to people moving into those positions who have a better sense of good. You, you're just not, you're, you're not folks. You're not gonna have good or a lack of abuse of power without the moral certitude of the individual involved. And you cannot stop another person or group of people from from thinking immorally. You can only influence. Does that make sense? All right.
3: Yes. My name is Knut Peterson. Thanks for coming Scott and filling in for on short notice. It's been my honor. My question relates to democracy Mm. which is at the root cause of uh, if we want to improve things, uh, we probably have to improve our democratic uh, systems. Mm. In Canada now they're talking about maybe bringing in proportional representation, which would mean uh, uh, not you're not going to win by being first past the post. Uh, but political power will not be won by people who uh, is first past the post. Do you have any thoughts on uh, democratic uh, reform? Uh, are they talking any thing in the, in the United States? Are they talking about democratic reform down there in terms of party financing, like money buys elections mm. nowadays? So, well, do you have any thoughts on
1: that? I actually, um, we were having a discussion at the end of the last student speaker challenge um, about how apparently, and I don't remember this, but apparently there used to be a cap on how much companies could give and that deeply influenced um the way the political campaigns would go and how and the influence that different political candidates had and apparently that would have had a significant impact on the democracy of the electoral system quite frankly i'd be all for that you know put a cat back on the sucker let there be some limitations um but I'm going to be honest, overall, this is perhaps to my shame, but I, I am not an exceptionally political person. I certainly consider it my responsibility not to dissociate myself from, from the government in the sense that I am the constituent of it. I am the constituent of an endeavor to live together, but there's just so many elements of it that... For whatever reason I'm typically not attracted to on a daily basis. I tend to point most of my energy to the immediate needs of people around me. And, and I, I try to leave it to people like my friend Caroline, who have jobs with senators, to make more informed political decisions. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is some talk in the states about democratic reform, I know that it, there there's always this big thing. There's this feeling anytime an election comes around that the that some people aren't even gonna go out and vote because the people who are gonna win are the people who've already got the power, right? And that's a pretty widespread sentiment. Um, I'd be all for um, any number of potential potential propositions. That, that would give a normal person uh, a sense that, that their vote matters and that they are included in the view of the whole picture of the United States. Isn't that horribly vague? I'm so sorry.